It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. All right, race fans. Y'all know what time it is. How the hell are you? Let's race chat live with Chris and Craig. I'm going to have a stand in tonight. Craig is recovering from surgery. I have Taz Taylor. Taz Moore is what I almost said. Taz Moore will be standing in. Taz Taylor, that is. Uh, he'll be standing in for Craig this evening. You know, we got a lot going on. We got a truck race on, of course. Thursday night football, Cleveland versus Cincinnati. So we all have something that we want to go enjoy and do. We'll try to get this over uh, short and sweet. But uh, we haven't been on the air in the last two weeks and uh, some unfortunate circumstances that have led that. But we are back on this week. We're just going to have a a short short visit here tonight. Um, We don't normally do a show when there's a race on Thursday night, and, you know, this is one of those scheduled races uh, for the truck series. So, uh, yeah, normally this time of year we've done popped off about 40 shows. This year we're lagging a little bit behind because, hell, we all know COVID-19, COVID-19, has <laughs> damn near messed everything up. And uh, it's put a licking on all of us all the way around. So, uh, Taz, good to have you here tonight. Can you hear me well? Oh, yeah, I can hear you just fine, buddy. Oh, we're doing all right. Uh, watching the truck race, and uh, we're already having early on implications. We haven't even finished stage one yet. Pretty close, but not yet. Uh, you're, you're telling me that the race is already on, okay? I was not expecting that to happen. Uh, 54 laps into it, okay. Wow. Yes. Two, so, laps uh, left stage, two laps left in stage I, I one. I thought that we, most of the time these races were supposed to start after 7 o'clock. Not, um, well, they started at no, 7.30, I think. Yeah, not not today. No. So that's already on. One to go. Lap 55. It's already dark out there. Wow, I tell you what. Summer is almost over. And uh, Brett Bothage win there, so uh, I'm glad uh, glad you were there to inform me that the that the truck race was on. So I thought we had a few minutes beforehand, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess I should go and check things out myself before I come on the air and sound like a damn idiot. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it, we've been busy as heck, and uh, wasn't really sure you know how this week was going to come about, but uh, we're here. And, uh, man, I mean, has Kyle Larson signed the contract with Hendrick Motorsports yet? Because I keep hearing rumbling, Taz, that uh, Kyle Larson is coming back and possibly with Hendrick. But now that that's contradicting what I've heard uh, from the Chevrolet camp earlier uh, several months ago when Chevrolet said that they would not be uh, a part of, the, uh, of, of Kyle Larson after right. ending their contract with them. So that's kind of it, contradicting to what I've heard. And, uh, you know, it's kind it's of... Uh, a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of cat and mouse deals, unfortunately. Um, from what I've heard, um, he's been in talks with Hendrick. Hendrick wants him in, but in terms of him with Chevy, he may not have, like, a like a personal type contract deal. Like for instance, um, if you look at 
some of the Chevy drivers like Elliot, Bowman, Byron, um, and a few others, they have like some good personal, nice looking vehicles from Chevy and same with Joe Gibbs. They're, they have nice personal Toyotas, thanks to Toyota and whatever. So I think if Larson were to go, were to get reinstated, um, it, that's if he's filed for it. Um, but if he were to get reinstated, um, I think with Chevy, if he goes to Hendrick, um, there's going to be some little different deal that Chevy would normally do. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I just don't know if I would want to be treated any different than my teammate. Uh, that's kind of setting the precedent. Precedent for uh, you know, a, a, and you know, you don't want to be the odd guy out, right? I mean, I think that uh, that if Cole Larson was going to take just any deal to come back to Cup, I think I think he would have already been back in Cup. I think he would have asked for a reinstatement already. Um, he's obviously trying to get the best deal. That he can get, and I, I mean, I don't think that we can blame him for that. Um, just the fact that, you know, our producer, he's he expects Kyle Larson to stay banned for a little bit longer. And uh, I have to lean on the side of what Mr. C.J. Sports said, that, you know, you can't take back what you said. And there's got to be a level of uh, discipline in all this. And, uh you know, whether or not that pans out to be sometime next year when he's able to come back, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, some people aren't so forgiving uh, for for that type of uh, character flaw. Uh, but uh, so I, I still think that uh, Larson will wind up with Stuart Haas in some form or fashion. Um, there's rumors out of the uh, 32 camp that uh, they were shutting down. And uh, did you hear about that, Tad? I did, and I can 100% confirm from the team, because they didn't make this public, they are not shutting down, they are not going anywhere. They're just looking for a new driver, that is all. And did so in a funny meme as well, so. Um, but, in ter- but in terms of deals going around and with all this silly season craziness, I think I I think this is going to if it hasn't been already, I think this is one of the craziest silly seasons to date that I can at least remember. Um, so many moving parts, so many different rumors, so many different questions going flying around. It's hard to, it's hard to tell who's going to be going where. I mean, you got Petty without Bubba next year. You got Denny Hamlin in rumor with the new team in talks with Toyota and Gaunt Brothers and Bubba and all that giant puzzle, all those many little puzzle pieces. Um, but Ham, in order for Hamlin to race for Joe Gibbs and run his own cup team, he has to prove that um, there's no kind of um, that Basically, his car is not a, basically a fifth Gibbs car. He has to actually prove it. Apparently, that's in a rule book. 
So it'll be interesting to see. You got the 32 open, the 48 still open. Um, we know the 20 is taken over by Christopher Bell next year. Um, the Levine 95 is going over to Spire. Uh, Jermaine 13 is up for sale now that Geico's backing out after this year. So it's really interesting to see who's going where and how this is all playing out. Well, my biggest concern, Taz, is that it's September. It is the middle of September. We have a guy with six wins under his belt already this season. Six wins under his belt last year. It's a total of 12 wins in two seasons. And he doesn't have a contract for next year or hasn't announced that contract for next year. That, that, I mean, you tell me in what other situation is there a signing again. Most of the time in these situations when, when it's been hush-hush for this long, you're not just re-signing a contract. You're, re, you're, you're, you're structuring a major deal here. And uh, I think that Denny Hamlin may be our biggest surprise. And why the hell hasn't anybody – been willing to chase down the fact that Denny Hamlin was caught hanging out with Mr. Hendrick three months ago, and it's September now, and there's still no deal with Joe Gibbs. You tell me that. I believe Denny Hamlin could be the piece that the the domino that makes all the pieces fall. And that deal could possibly still be a Hendrick Motorsports deal. Well, the problem with that being is that FedEx is going with is going with Denny no matter what. Problem with the Hendrick Forty Eight car is that it is one hundred percent fully sponsored, backed by Ally. Um, so with so unfortunately with that deal already set in stone when Ally first came in to partnering with Hendrick and originally Jimmy Johnson and everything. Um, You're, you're now going to be cross. You're not going to be crossing paths um, between FedEx and Ally. If Hamlin were to go down that direction, I don't see Hamlin going down that way at all. I still see Hamlin going with the Toyota route, um, the question's going to be um, who's going to be filling in the 48. Of course, that that question's been going around since Johnson said he's going to be retiring after 2020. The, the um, most popular ride in the garage, and it, right now open. I think only driver outside of Larson that makes sense to get that 48 car would have to be Eric Jones. And people are going to, I know people are going to criticize. They're going to hate. And if you listen to this, here's going to be the reason why Eric Jones doesn't really bring in much funding or sponsorship, if any, um, with him. If he goes to the 48, he's safe. Now, the question is also going to be, is Jones going to be a long-term deal or is it going to be a one-and-done deal? 
because you have Noah Gregson knocking on the door. And Noah Gregson, yes, he's driving for Junior Motorsports in 2021 in the Xfinity Series. What's he going to do in 2022? Is he ready for Cup at that point? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it just – I understand that, uh, you know, everybody expects um, the Allied sponsorship with 48 to be there. But we also have another guy, Alex Bowman, who doesn't have any sponsorship. Is that a black eye? You have a black eye? That dirt? Dude, it's dark. I'm doing my show. (laughs) It's hard to tell. I mean, well, I can see a lot of people do say Bowman going over and plugging that spot. Okay. And the 48, basically Alex Bowman taking either, if, if, if Allies that connected to the 48 car and not the Hendrick organization, which, I mean, I'm all for retiring the 48 for a while. But, you know, even even Richard Petty, the, the year after his retirement, there was no 43. I believe uh, a guy by the name of Rich Bickle uh, took, the, uh, took the reins from Richard Petty and drove at number 44 STP. Uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt, when he passed away, the three was retired, the 29 come about. So I'm not so, you know, uh, gung-ho that it's going to be the 48 car next year. And and if Denny Hamlin, he is, you know, Hendrick's always gone after the biggest name. And if it, I don't see how we can sit here and think Kyle Larson is a bigger deal than Denny Hamlin. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's had 12 cup wins in the last two years. This guy has finished multiple times runner-up. Or at least in the in the final four, the the final four times in his career, you know, it's like Mark Martin, he hasn't uh, he hasn't been able to cash in on that. But maybe this is his year to do that, being the strongest Toyota uh, within the Joe Gibbs camp. But I think that you know we're we're so caught up in the who's going where, and it's September, it's almost October. Denny Hamlin was going to sign a con- contract extension. Don't we believe that he would already be there? So, I mean, we're reaching for this, oh, well, Denny Hamlin's going to bring Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's done said, hey, man, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Okay? So, and Hendrick Motorsports three months ago, oh, we're going to shut down the three teams. But then I said, oh, we're not going to shut down the three teams. That's about right around the same time Denny Hamlin was caught hanging out with Mr. Hendrick. The deal's been done. The deal has been done. That's the reason why Brad Keselowski uh, did not, uh, weigh his options for very long. Went ahead and signed a re-sign with, uh, with with Penske because they all know. Look, and and you know, my question is, how could Joe Gibbs get called if Denny Hamlin does leave? How he could get called? You know, letting uh, one of his young talents go at the same time, not finishing the contract uh, for Denny Hamlin. If Denny Hamlin winds up somewhere else besides Joe Gibbs Racing. At the end of this year, we're all going to say that was the biggest story of 2020. Oh, second biggest. Well, what would be the biggest? You know, it's it's going to be Johnson, straight up. 
He's been the talk oh, of the town since his retirement. Bubba Wallace was going to be. I mean, I was... <laughs> or maybe cut uh, the shutdown, or maybe you know the the scheduling. Maybe you know so many other things that I thought of. But Johnson being the biggest, I mean, really, it's no news that Johnson uh, has dwindled the last several years. Did we really expect him to come in and win a championship and retire? This guy has been run out of NASCAR. Jimmy Johnson's not walking away from NASCAR because he feels completed. He is walking away from NASCAR because NASCAR said, get the hell out. Yeah, you won seven championships, but we don't want you here anymore. And guess what? He went and found love in IndyCar. That doesn't tell the tale of the real story, and I don't know what does. Tab, can you, can you follow me on any of this? Am I just a crazy old man? Or does it or is it starting to make sense for you? I don't see it that way personally. Um, I I just think Johnson's finally kind of saying, I think I've done my time in NASCAR. I've done just about everything I can. Um, I've got so, I've so gotten the, the big I've He's I've doing the Michael Jordan. I've, I've accomplished so much here that I'm going to go do another sport. And, we, and we're supposed to still believe that he wanted to go play baseball because he didn't get kicked out of the NBA for two years. We all want to act like that didn't happen. That his gambling problem, Michael Jordan's gambling problem, wasn't the reason why he had to leave the NBA. The reason why Jimmy Johnson's having to leave NASCAR is because nobody wants to offer him a ride. Nobody wants to give him another chance. They they want Jimmy Johnson out of NASCAR. If the guy really wanted, if he really wanted to retire, he would chase after that infamous eighth championship. He wasn't given a chance. NASCAR turned their back on Jimmy Johnson. I mean, if that's what you think, you think, but I don't think it's that way. I I just think Johnson wants he's he's seen as. I'm struggling with um, where I used to be in my prime. Uh, there's a, there's so many younger guys and so many guys that are more hungrier um, that maybe I'm holding one of those younger guys, younger hungrier guys down in the series. Um, I've basically done all I can do. And then some in the in the cup level, so it's time for me to step away. And now it's see what other options are out there. And of course, the whole IndyCar thing came about. And John's like, "Well, let me give it a shot." And here he is in IndyCar for next year with uh, Ganassi for at least the street courses and road courses. And 12 race schedule is not very bad. I mean, you you know, you've got 52 weeks in a year, and 12 of those weeks you're going to be driving a race car. And uh, they're not going to be oval races. They're only going to be road course races. I really think it's a sweet deal uh, that Jimmy Johnson is doing. And in a time to where it sounds like he's working for Penske, right? I mean, all of a sudden we've had IndyCar and NASCAR races at the same track at the same weekend. Now we've got a NASCAR driver that's going to race, you know, part-time indie schedule. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of cross uh, uh, promotions going on here, and Jimmy Johnson is uh, is kind of like the, the messenger. You know, hey, I've arrived. Because just imagine 
the story in 2021. If Jimmy Johnson steps in an IndyCar and goes to uh, Barber Motorsports over here, uh, Motorsports Park over here, or Road Atlanta, or Road America, and uh, and and comes up with a win. I mean, just just that fast, right? Uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be very popular news. I just I don't, feel like if Jimmy Johnson was gonna retire on his own terms, that basically, I mean, look, this guy's got more championships than Jeff Gordon. I, I you know, Jimmy Johnson. I have for years hated Jimmy Johnson, and at this point in my life. I feel sorry for the guy. I feel, let's get on the Jimmy Johnson rant. This guy has seven championships, Taz. Seven championships. Jeff yeah, Gordon was and I've been a fan of him for- to Hendrick Motorsports, and he brought less to the table than Jimmy Johnson. How does Jimmy Johnson feel every day when he knows that he got slapped in the damn face by Jeff Gordon? Because Jeff Gordon picked him to drive for an organization of a car that supposedly Gordon owned ownership in, right? Where's that ownership been? Where, wait, since Gordon's retired, all of a sudden he's not an ownership into uh, Jimmy Johnson's car anymore? Or has it been the whole time that Jeff Gordon has been running Hendrick Motorsports and, and running to Mr. Hendrick about how, uh, how, you know, Jimmy's just – he's, he's – he's, gone past his prime, he can't race anymore, done bumped his noggin too many times, it's time to let him go, Papa Hendrick, it's time to let those seven times hit the road. So Jimmy Johnson, when you sit here and you say there's no way that this guy doesn't feel slighted, there's no way that we didn't give him a slap in his freaking face. I mean, this is the biggest slap of the face of it. Richard Petty had not won in ten damn years before he walked away from the sport. Damn near 10 years he limped around a racetrack. Dale Earnhardt, as much as we – he won two races in 2000 and was winless, I believe, in 99 because of a neck injury. So, you know, even Earnhardt had slowed down a bit before that horrific crash in 2001. It wasn't like, you know, Dale Earnhardt was still chasing number eight at that time. You know, I mean, it's, you know – once Gordon come in and he started winning championships, old Dale Earnhardt couldn't win a championship anymore. And we all know that he won a championship in 94 because Ernie Irvin tried to knock down turn two wall in Michigan. Ernie Irvin was on his way to that championship. And, 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 and we can, we, you know, he was just on Dale Jr. download telling the story. So, so we know, like, that. Jimmy Johnson has been run out of this sport, and it has to be because Rick Hendrick has been twiddling his thumbs the whole time, knowing that he's bringing Denny Hamlin to Hendrick Motorsports. We all want it to be Eric Jones or Bubba Wallace. God, who's the biggest free agent out there on the market? Okay, you want to say Kyle Larson? I'm saying it's Denny Hamlin. I'm saying that Hendrick slapped Jimmy Johnson on the back and said, we appreciate you years of service. Gordon has a lifetime contract with Rick Hendrick and brought less to the table. Can I sell this any more to you? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if that's what you think, then that's what you think. But that, but I honestly don't see Hamlin going anywhere. Toyota, I really don't. There's too many 
fingers pointing for Hamlin um, and Toyota right now. I don't see Hamlin Hendrick. You can try to convince me all you want. And if it actually does happen, I will let you say I told I will let you tell me I told you so. But I there's too many fingers pointing with Hem, Hamlin and Toyota and the question's going to be what is, what is going on with that? And it seems to be the leading candidate so will have to do to something with Gaunt Brothers. Hamlin getting slapped in the face by an organization that he begged to drive for when he was a kid. What you're trying to tell me is Denny Hamlin hasn't been slapped by Joe Gibbs Racing like somebody's baby mama for the last 11, 12 years. Oh, Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush. Ooh, Matt Kansas, Matt Kansas, Matt Kansas. Ooh, Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards. Oh, it's Martin Truex Jr. Oh, get down. Now it's Christopher Bell. Ooh, I'm going to rub on my nipples a little bit. Yeah, you like that, Christopher Bell? You like that? And where the hell's Jenny Hamlin been? Only one of the most consistent winning drivers within the Joe Gibbs organization, and he's still number two. He's still number two. I feel like Stephen A. Smith up in this. This is a boxer's like I said, I, just, I, don't, I don't see Hamlin leaving Toyota anyways. I mean, the leading candidate somewhere with him and Toyota going, probably Gaunt Brothers. There were rumors where uh, Hamlin and Toyota were going to try to get uh, Petty to switch over from Chevy to Toyota. And I guess that's kind of fallen off the radar. Um, and there's I'm been talks where Ham- there's been... Box. I've been around racing long enough to know that it's always the outside-of-the-box thing that gets you. You know what? Larson was headed to Hendrick Motorsports for the last two years. I've known this. I've tried to convince the staff here at 110 Nation that Larson was only being borrowed by Ganassi. Eventually, Hendrick was going to say, hey, Larson, do you really want to win championships? Come on over here. But you know what? Nobody seemed to buy that. Now I'm hearing from all my colleagues, oh, Larson's going to HMS. Larson's going to Hendrick. Now, did y'all just come up with that? Or is it the fact of that, you, that, that you actually see that it made perfect sense for him to go there? All right, but the true fact of it is, is there's, there's a discrepancy with Chevrolet. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen because Larson got slapped in the face by, by, by Chevrolet. Chevrolet did I will say this. Chevrolet bought him I will up. say this. If Larson does get reinstated, it's going to be a dogfight between Hendrick and Stewart. I, the only problem with Stewart, though, is the 14. We all know Almarola and Harvick are staying next year. Custer, there has been no announcement in terms of customer, Custer or Boyer. I'm pretty confident that Custer will be staying in the 41 next year. I mean, the kid won a race, and he's... He made the playoffs in his rookie season in the 41 car. Like I said, the 41 car. The slowest of the four. Yeah, and then, you know, I, but one thing about it. In his it rookie is season. We tried to throw these rookies away within way too quick. Cole Custer's already won a race. He won a race this year. Great job, Cole Custer. I, 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 you know, he earned that ride. And, uh, you know, I mean, Suarez was there, right? Suarez didn't work out. That 41 car is, uh, and has had a great season. I mean, we've never seen all four cars clicking uh, since 
I believe, well, it, you know, Kurt Busch left uh, a few years ago. So, never, you know, I guess Daniel Suarez took it over. So, no, there, there's not there's not been a consistent click with all four teams. Of course, before that was Danica Patrick uh, hanging on to the to the 10 car there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that the four cars that they have are, are, are top-notch cars and Cole Custer. I mean, you got to give him some time. you gotta, you got to allow him to uh, develop as a cup driver. You look at you look at Austin Dillon. How much have we talked bad about Austin Dillon over the years? And look at the career year this kid is having. You know, well, you know why he's having a career year? Because you go back and you look at the stats. You look at Martin Truex Jr. You look at uh, uh, Matt Diamondetto. You see the years that these guys have put in before they've gotten good. And and you know it's it's a, the exact same example with Austin Dillon. He has put in his time now. He knows how to drive these cars. And you know what? It, it, his, the improvement is showing on the racetrack. I also think that Richard Childress is building better race cars. Uh, you know, maybe because Tyler Reddick may be bringing in some extra money into the organization or something to that. I, I don't. I don't have any sources on that, but um, you know, you got to give these guys a chance to grow and develop. Everybody wants to put Austin Cindric in a race car already. Everybody, you know, how many rookies? Have we pulled I, out of the Xfinity series over the last few years, Taz? We, I mean, we've we've damn near drained our 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 farm system again. I think, I think Cindric needs to stay because I believe because Penske is basically at a lock next year in terms of Cup. So Cindric really has nowhere to go, and it makes sense for him to stay another year along with uh, Noah Gregson. Don't rush them; keep them there. Um, I get Cindric is a championship contender. And you can see he's got multiple wins and this, that, blah, blah, blah. But I, but if you look from last year to this year, I mean, last year's thing, I mean, a lot of the Xfinity drivers last year were shadowed by the big three of Custer, Bell, and Reddick. I mean, this year now it's a new slate of drivers. Like, who's going to step up to the plate now, now that you got those three up in cup? Well, you got Briscoe, you got Sindrick, and – of course, Gregson, but I think I think in terms of skill, Cindric and Gregson need to um, develop more of a Briscoe. bigger name for themselves. Briscoe, right. I think I think Briscoe might be ready, but I, if he can make if he can make some noise in the playoffs, I would say move him up. But question is going to be where. If yeah. Larson if Larson doesn't get reinstated, I could see him. I could see uh, Briscoe to that 14 card if Boyer does not retire, or if Boyer does retire. You know, the only reason why I believe Larson would come back is actually for the money, because right now he is he is God in dirt track racing. I have never seen a popular NASCAR driver. They've always tried to say dirt people don't really like NASCAR, and you you you've been around enough dirt. You you know that's true. There's not a very good relationship between the dirt world and NASCAR. And now that Larson fills this role of a re, you know, NASCAR reject, he's been put on a pedestal in, in dirt tracking and dirt racing that we've never seen before. You tell me the impact that any other driver's ever had between, between you know, uh, an asphalt track and a dirt track. I've never seen this type of exposure, this, much, this many people going nuts over Larson's success in the Dirt Series. I'll be honest with you, Dad. If I was Larson and I didn't care about the 
millions, you know, I mean, generational wealth that I would receive if I were to spend 10 years in, in, in a cup cup team. Uh, and I just wanted to be the baddest damn racer out on the racetrack. Uh, I, I think I would stay where I am because they, he can drive anything that he wants. He can drive, he can go to any name owner in the dirt track world and he can drive one of their cars. He, Stuart Friesen better watch out because I guarantee you there's, you know, all, all, all Larson's got to do is call Chris Larson. They share the same last name. There's already a connection between those two. Uh, different, be spelling, <laughs> different spelling. Different <laughs> spelling. I know, Chris. Why do you come on here and spread all these lies? Why? Why? Why do you? Why do you think so far out there? No. Has uh, somebody's got to? Somebody's got to do. It. Somebody's got to <laughs> think outside the box. <laughs> But, I mean, can you disagree with that? You know, Larson I, can go anywhere that he wants to. He can sign anything except for a NASCAR check. He can sign any other check he wants. Yeah, I guarantee you, Larson could show up at the NHRA drag strip next week, and he could get into a Don Force machine and kick ass and take home a trophy. Well, I can say this. I know... Uh... I know up here in the Northeast, especially in New York, where we can't have, like, any fans at the racetracks and stuff like that. And usually up here around this time, we start prepping for our, like, big, huge money lap racers races. Like, we have Super Dirt Week in Oswego. Um, that ends in a 200-lapping block modified finale. We are starting to get ready for actually around – this time we should be prepping for the Fonda 200. Um, that yeah. you that once was a NASCAR race in the 60s. Um, but now we're going to see Port Royal Speedway host the host a big 200 lap race for fifty three thousand dollars to win in that modified, wonderful and uh, people were speculating. Oh, Kyle Larson should be in there. Well. From what I've heard, Larson might be looking at a late model ride around the same time as the, as the Port Royal 200 lap race. Um, so I wouldn't. So any of Larson going into modified around that time, you can probably put them to sleep because if Larson's talking about getting a late model ride around then, he's pretty much got it locked up at this point. So basically, what you're what you're doing is you're agreeing with me for the first time here tonight that Larson could write his check wherever he wants to go. And if that's really what he wants to be, the baddest race car driver on the planet, I think he's already earning that reputation. And why hurt your reputation by getting to NASCAR and not being – I mean, you're going you're gonna to make a step down when you come back to NASCAR because it's all it's going to be Kyle Busch. It's going to be uh, Chase Elliott. It's going to be – you know, all, all these bigger drivers, bigger-name drivers that have a bigger fan base, when you've earned the heart of every racer in the world right now, every racer from here to Australia is pulling for Kyle Larson on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. That's my case, man. <laughs> well, I'm, with the whole Larson deal, I, I actually agree. I think if in terms of the dirt world, I, I think wherever Larson can get a ride, if someone 
or if Larson's looking for a, for a top notch ride, someone's going to open up the door for him and say, "Here you go." Um, if Larson doesn't race NASCAR next year, I want to see Larson race a full time World of Outlaws schedule, and I think he and I will one hundred percent guarantee that he will be a championship contender. Are you talking Plus light car or are you talking sprint car? Sprint, I'm going to say sprint car. Um, late, model, late models is a little tough. Um, I mean, look at the number of veterans in the late model world. I'm not saying that Larson can't run with them because I be, I'm pretty confident that he can, but I feel like um, I feel like Larson would be more of a better fit in the sprint car world since he's done more sprint car racing and mid quarter midget races and stuff like that. He's done more open wheel than uh fen- full fender. Yeah, there's always been a there's always been a battle between those two as well. The dirt world you're either a late model fan or you're a sprint car fan it's amazing that we've got a guy with that much talent like Kyle Larson that can get kicked out of cup and go down to the uh, what they call the minor leagues if I don't try to sound too much like Chaz Thompson here uh race in a sprint car and then step over into a late model car and finish what third freaking debut you know not not just showing up at a Saturday night local show we're talking about running with the biggest baddest drivers i think it was the lucas oil event i mean you know these are these are guys that you know that we forget and make money to race every week right i mean you know you've got your local guys that show up at your local track they don't they're not racing to win i mean they're not living off their earnings every week these guys that are racing in lucas oil you know that they're, they're those full-time drivers they that's how they earn their money tyler herb scott bloomquist you know these guys billy moyer jr they don't have real jobs man they 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 have to earn their wages out there on that racetrack um you know to be able to come in and and with that type of talent and be able to run fast from the door i I just i don't see why the kid doesn't try to run both of them you know i mean uh run run a full-time locus oil series and a full-time sprint car series i I know you like the logistics won't work because you're going to be racing uh in the same night in two different places I agree with this, but, uh, you know, why do you have to chase the series? Just just show that you're the baddest son of a bitch that's ever put gotten behind the wheel of a race car. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I would, uh... He's gotten himself in trouble. Sorry. We got Craig Moore in the chat here. Uh, let's see if if Joe Gibbs owned an Indy car. I think he may. Oh, I think Hamlin. I believe he's talking about. I might be wrong. He says Larson to Hendrick. Hamlin stays at Toyota, which I'm more confident in. Uh, he's saying Kurt Busch retires after 2021, which I can see. Um. Yeah, I can see Kurt, you know, being in one of his last years. He's been around a long time. Uh, I think he was actually – I think he's been in NASCAR longer than Jimmy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. 
um, mildest driver in the Cup Series uh, by a year, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, because Harvick come in in 2001, of course the third race of the season, the second race of the season, and uh, Kurt Busch, I believe he was already he had already raced a year with Roush, so that was 2000, and uh, Jimmy Johnson come in believe in 2002 so um, those are your elder statesmen of the series and, uh wow it's amazing uh yeah kurt bush probably won't be around very much longer of course clint boyer you know there's still rumors that he may retire and uh go to the broadcasting booth um you know those are there's a lot of puzzle pieces that i feel like have to be answered by october 1st that I, I mean i hate to be the one to put to put, uh, I hate to be the one to put, you know, something on, uh, uh, on a, on a time card, which I'll get out. But, uh, I think after seven years, after seven years of doing a radio show on Thursday night, that, that, that my kids, I mean, you know, when they were three and four years old, I got it. You know, I, I got it when they were three and four years old. But but these these kids are almost grown now. <laughs> and they still bombard in here on a Thursday night trying to give me whatever. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, y'all. I love my kids. But, they, they you know, after seven years or eight years of doing a radio show, uh, they still find some way to make their appearance on a Thursday night. <laughs> my wife <laughs> He's smiling at me. That's good. But, uh, so, this weekend, obviously, tonight, truck race, this started with the truck playoffs. Um, then Xfinity running tomorrow night and Cup running Saturday. Uh, Cup this Sunday is the round one finale. Um, be- now, Chris, before of the playoff races started, who did you predict as the first four to be eliminated? Because we were supposed to do our homework and then do a show, but of course some racing and other schedule conflicts happened and we didn't get to that part. But who were your first four eliminated before the play before we ran any playoff races? I believe it was Austin Dillon, Matt Diamandetto, Kurt Busch, because I was very certain my selling point was a former cup champion would be exiting in the first round, and I figured that to be Kurt Busch, and I believe it was either going to be Byron or Bowman. I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure it was an, it was a Hendrick driver. So, Dillon, well, I'll just say it was Bowman, okay, even though – People get mad. So I'll say Bowman, Dylan, Diamondetto, and Kurt Busch. Who's who's actually on that cut line? And I actually have three of my four predicted in the cut line right now. Um, right now, right now, sitting underneath the cut line is 16th, being Ryan Blaney, 27 points out. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto sitting 15th, 25 points out. Cole Custer currently sits 14th, only 8 points out. And then Byron's 3 points out, sitting 13th. 
Wow. The four I predicted was Custer, DiBenedetto, Bowman, and Blaney. The only switch I have is Bowman and Byron, and I believe Bowman, if he can run well uh, Saturday, he'll survive. But I do believe out between Amarala, Kurt Busch, Boyer, Byron, and Custer, there's there's a uh, there's a good five driver dogfight right there, and we're doing it one of the greatest tracks to do it in. Yeah, at Bristol, of, of any place, right? Um, and Blaney is probably my biggest surprise. Uh, as far as Blaney was able to stretch it last year, I kind of expected uh, a lot more. But now 25 points out. He's got a whole race out. There's nobody that's uh, in that top, in that last 16 uh, that, uh, that, that, that I feel like is already eliminated. Like, you know, uh, Ryan Blaney can obviously win a race, but, I mean, he can finish probably as well as second and just have some things go his way and still finish in the top 12. I'm still trying to get mm-hmm. that pulled up here. Yeah, right now, well, I got the standings right in front of me. I think, well, right now we know Harvick and uh, Brad are, um, we know Harvick and Brad are guaranteed in. Hamlin's in based on points. So those three are locked into the next round. So so whatever happens for them this weekend, it doesn't matter. Um, Logano, I believe if he survives, if he does well enough in the first stage, he'll be a lock. He's currently 51 points ahead of the cut line. Um, and then Truex and Austin Dillon, shockingly, those two, if they do well in the first two stages, um, they could be locked into the next round. Chase Elliott and Bowman are going to probably need a little help for guaranteed in terms of uh, stage three plus the first two. Kyle Busch will need a little bit more help. And then, like I said earlier, Amarola, Kurt Busch, Boyer, Byron, and Custer are basically a dogfight. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, I finally found... And, uh, so, Kurt Busch is at 2065. Eric Amarola is at 2065. Clint Boyer is at 2061. But William Byron, only three points out from the 12th, from Clint Boyer. Cole Custer is nine, eight points away from Clint Boyer. Uh, Matt DiMendetto, quite a little bit further, uh, about 25 points out. And you said, uh, Ryan Blaney, 27 points? Yep. Wow. Um, so there's not but a 50-point 50, a 50 difference between Chase Elliott, who's in the seventh spot, to Ryan Blaney. There's about a 50 between the two. That, that's interesting. That shows how tight uh, this, this, this race is. Alex Bowman at 2085, uh, Ryan Blaney at 2034, 
Um, doing your math, that's that's right around forty, like forty-eight uh, points separate Bowman from Blaney. Um, there, <laughs> this is. I mean, this could be the most exciting uh, cutoff race uh, of the entire chase. Uh, Taz, I, I did not expect it to be this close, and now that I'm starting to see and do the math, um. Yeah, this is this is going to be a tight race here, man. Uh, and being Bristol, anything can happen. I think the, probably the biggest thing is right now these drivers have got to go in knowing, hey, let's not wreck on the first lap. Let's not put us behind the ball. Yeah, especially with uh, the five drivers that are really, like, that are really on that on that cutoff line, um, as much as they want to go straight for it, um, they're going to have to play it safe until probably like around the final 10 laps and just give everything you got and see what happens. Um, yeah, it's kind of like Diamandetto finished at this racetrack second last year. He finished at this racetrack, you know, he, he finished, he almost won this race last year. He's 35 points at back. You get him up front, he's not going to let that go. And he's going to race his heart out. And that's a lot of times where we see trouble. And it could be a, it could be a major game for Dean Modesto if he's able to have a good finish here uh, and catapult himself up into that top 12 spot, being that there's only a 30-point separation, 28 separation between uh Clint Boyer, the twelfth spot, and uh, the in the spot that he's in now, the fifteenth spot. Um, William Byron, I, I, I mean, you know, these are not necessarily. Uh oh. There's nothing like hearing an uh oh, then he disappeared. Yeah, he disappeared. <laughs> I don't know if y'all um, talked, about, I, talked about this earlier because I've been watching the, my Browns play in the Battle of Ohio, but I just shared this in the group. I don't know if you discussed this, and a pretty reliable source, they're talking about double points for Saturday's race with the Cup Series at Bristol this weekend. Uh, I have not heard of anything of the source. Um, the source I got it from, I have never seen him in the probably five years that I have followed his group to ever be wrong about anything. And he posted about it. I'm getting ready to Google while I'm waiting for Chris to get back on here. But he uh, posted says Saturday's Cup Series race at Bristol is a double points race. I haven't seen a the top NASCAR reporters like Adam Stern, uh, Bob Pockris, and I think there's like one or two others. I haven't really seen them post much at all today. Um, this so this I, was posted within the last 45 minutes. So it's been posted since the show was on. I don't think I don't I don't think that's a uh, 
Oh, speaking of Bob Parker's, uh, oh, he's just doing race updates for the trucks. Um, I haven't seen any re- actual true reports or anything of it. This is the first time I'm hearing something. Well, I'm going to continue to Google this. Uh, I don't know what you guys were in the, uh, the middle of talking about when Chris said, uh-oh, we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh, first-round playoffs and uh, who do we think will who could survive, who could be eliminated. Um, currently, right now, Harvick and Keselowski are locked in terms of wins. Hamlin's locked in on points. Logano is very close to lock in on points. I think I think he I just has he just needs to run in one of the stages. Then I don't. Is you can do that? I don't know if you heard this, but I got uh, somebody posted something. I've never seen him have anything ever wrong in the five years or so that I've followed him. But he put out there that uh, the Cup Series race on Saturday at Bristol will be a double points race. What? How do you do a double points race? Yeah, double points race. How is that? How is that possible? Is that for this year or for next year? Said this Saturday, I'm trying to find if I can find anything that uh, anything's been released on it. That would be that would be like the craziest thing NASCAR's done all year. <laughs> I, I mean, mean that's some crazy things this year. So this was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's something that we see often in dirt track races, uh, but I've never heard. I mean, I've even seen IndyCar fool with it, uh, but. Uh, and you just don't kind of expect that. I can't see a double points race, especially in the playoffs. Right, a playoff track. I know, right? That's, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's wild. Sorry, my phone got uh, cut off there. Uh, it probably is good if you put it on charge every now and then. <laughs> yeah. While I was doing all that ranting and raving, I should have made sure that my darn phone was plugged in. But uh, I know, uh, thank you, Mr. CJ Sports, for stepping in there really quick and uh, covering me there. Um, I don't know where we've got to For anybody that's ever doubted whether or not I'm actually listening to a show, I mean, I was watching the Browns game, but then I heard, uh-oh, and then you were gone. So I, I do listen even though I have the Browns game on. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm watching the Browns game too. So, uh, you know, go go Browns. Uh, I, if anything, I would love to see Joe Burrow get his uh, Burrow knocked in the dirt a few times tonight. Um, welcome to the NFL, baby. Uh, but uh, so you know, the truck race is on, and we want to be able to give fans the opportunity to go watch that. And uh, um, is there anything else that we need to cover here tonight, other than the hypocrisy of NASCAR? Suspending Mike Wallace for something uh, that was uh, probably more of a fact than fiction. Um, um, I don't think so, but I will just kind of do a quick send off on my end. Um, enjoy the Bristol races this weekend. Um, 
Corroga Creek Race Park this Saturday is having a double header, doing their weekly track racing during the day, normal time and everything. Um, Saturday, Saturday during the day, um, and then at night will be round three of the Wing Champ Racing Series, uh, Northeast Pro Flat Cart Series races. Um, so far, it's been really close points battles. Um, we even have one division in one series that has a three-way tie for second at the moment. Um, and we have round three this weekend, and we're going to take a week off next weekend, and the season finale is going to be the first weekend of October. But um, that, And then Fonda is doing their send-off race uh, this Sunday with a, I believe, $3,000 payday to the modified winner, uh, sale panel permitted, permitted race, um, $1,000 to the sportsman winner, and $1,000 to the pro stock winner. Um, I'm probably missing a few other things, but um, I believe that is that for me. Yeah. I hope I let you talk a little bit more than I normally let Craig Moore talk. Uh, of course, we, we're missing him. hope he gets well soon. I uh, appreciate him uh, uh, jumping in the conversation in the uh, in the chat room there with us, and uh, we want him to get well and come back as soon as possible. No, I'm not really sure, race fans, what the schedule is going to look like for the rest of the season, but I guarantee you we're going to bounce back even stronger for 2021 as we start uh, making plans. Uh, for next year, this radio show is not going anywhere. I promise you. Uh, too many, too many years of sweating and uh, dedication to just let it go. Uh, but we're gonna definitely have some restructuring going on, and uh, and uh, maybe uh, maybe add a new show next year. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. We haven't really talked with the uh, with the powers above, but we will come up with something and uh, keep race chat live going. Good and strong, and uh, bringing Taz Taylor along has been a, a great addition, not only for this radio show but also for the network. Um, and thank you for you know filling in some pretty big shoes here tonight. I think Craig kind of knows how to how to handle me when I'm out here in my conspiracy world. Uh, Taz, he's more like Bill Belichick when he was asked this week, uh, his, it, being that he's coached so long in a lot of games. How did uh, how did he feel? Uh, what what difference it was, or it was did he could he compare it to anything that he had ever done before by playing a ball game uh, without fans? And he just practically said, "Well, practice." So practice that that special word practice come up. And if we would all know Bill Belichick's humor, uh, we wouldn't expect anything less from him. So, uh, but uh, Taz, uh, you filled in some pretty big shoes here tonight. You didn't argue much with me. Uh, we're gonna have to work on that. Uh, I want some blasphemy. <laughs> I want some. Uh, I want some. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Sit your ass down. Uh, I'm gonna throw the golden ruler at you. Uh, we gotta get you a little bit more acclimated on how we do this show here. And uh, <laughs> 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 all in all, you've done a great job, man. We appreciate you, and we appreciate your dedication. It is. It takes. It's volunteer, and it takes a lot of dedication to be. 
uh, available every Thursday night to do something like this. Maybe maybe we'll even change the day that we do this. Maybe we'll come up with a better time frame or something and not really focus on the live viewers. I, I'm not really sure, but we're, we're, we're open for a lot of uh, changes and possibilities. The thing that 2020 has taught us is that you learn to evolve, right? A lot of us that were stuck in our normal routines a year ago is no longer our routine now. I can name you 20 things off the top of my head of things that I was doing last year at this time that I've now broken routine from. So 2020 has brought a lot of change, and it's going to continue to evolve. And once we get out of all this bad stuff, uh, I think that we will realize that uh, it set us for a new course, uh, similar to uh, way, uh, the way a lot of things do over your lifetime. Uh, you're definitely, Taz, you can probably assess to this, you're not the same guy now that you was when you was 20 years old. And I know that I'm not, and I know I have a different frame of mind, and I think different. And, then, you know, that's just part of the, the growing uh, as you get older uh, and, and you put things into perspective. So 2020 has been definitely a year change and a year of difference. Um, but uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll learn to evolve and make things bigger and stronger. And that's, that's why we, uh, we appreciate all the hard work that the entire staff of the 110 Nation does for us and Mr. CJ Sports keeping this radio show going every week. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, other than that, I want to thank uh, More to Music for being a sponsor of the show. And uh, I believe it's Carolina Sportswear, Carolina something. Sweet Caroline, da, da, da. did y'all hear Clay Travis this morning? He he he, he did an awesome thing. He come up with a with a black national anthem. He come up with a Hispanic national anthem. He come up with a Asian national anthem, and of course, a white national anthem. And do you, do you guys want to hear what these songs are for the national anthem? Because if Clay Travis can get away with it, I'm pretty sure I can get away with it. Okay, so nobody said yes, but I'm going to say it anyway. So Sweet Caroline is the white people's national anthem. Low Rider is the Hispanic uh, national anthem. Uh, Gundam Style is the Asian uh, national anthem. And Apple Bottom Jeans is the black national anthem. So if y'all all can't stand up for those songs, and Mr. Uh, Craig Moore was here, he would definitely approve all four of those. Uh, I believe uh, I believe I believe Clay Travis has given us something to stand for, man. All righty. Well, I did not get any feedback off of that. Maybe uh, maybe I just jumped off a cliff. I don't know. I'll see what it feels like when I hit the ground. So Meyer, this Meyer kid won. Is that what happened here? Wow. Well, we want to thank y'all for listening to the show. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>